Hi and hello, classmates. Welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class Movie Review Edition. I'm your host for today, Tyler. I'm Peter. And I'm Joseph. Today we are reviewing my pick on the wheel, Safe. How are you feeling? I still have this, um, this head thing. What the hell is going on here? It's in head the air. In the, like the water. In our homes. Oh my God. It cannot be seen. Cannot be heard. Cannot be stopped. We can turn it on and off like a switch. We just don't know how to make it go away. It is not alien. Go back! It is not viral. You are perfectly healthy. You might want to consult someone. A psychiatrist. It is not natural to this earth. Your family and friends tell you that you're overreacting. Where can you go when no place is safe? Safe. All right. <laughs> wow, that was a very bombastic trailer. I it's didn't even know. Everywhere. I didn't even know that was the trailer. But is that the real uh, trailer, Joseph? Yeah. Oh, well, wow. that's one of them at least. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think it is that he's talking about? Uh, well, it's. we'll we'll get into that we'll uh, here in a little bit. Uh, so, safe uh, was my pick on the wheel of destiny, and a little bit of context. Uh, this was my lovely Sabrina's uh, uh, homework assignment at one point. Yeah, and you, you had um, the week before for her environmental studies <laughs> class. Before the week before, you brought up safe to the first time on the show. You talked about uh, trade secrets. A that was one of your streaming picks that could only be accessed from some fucking guy's website. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not on that's YouTube, right. not on streaming. It was like trade secrets, something or other. And you told us all about yeah. it. And it was like you can be accessed through http colon backslash <laughs> trade, you know, whatever the guy's name dot com. Yeah, yeah. And then the next week your streaming pick was safe. And we were a little confused about that, Joseph and I, and you said it was actually Sabrina's homework. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was her homework to watch uh, these uh, movies. The we lovely asked. Sabrina. Yeah. yeah. And we, we, we just seemed off. You're like, why this movie? It seems like a weird movie out of nowhere. And yeah. after prying, you you begrudgingly told us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was a good movie. It, it, so, it was good. Um, a, a little further context. Sorry to derail you to Tyler, but I had, right, some, I had some preparation. It's been on the wheel so long. It has. It's. Been, so I, I looked back through Sabrina's our Sabrina's already graduated college. <laughs> She's graduated college already. <laughs> She's graduated. So I went back and I was like, Tyler has had a, sh- a real short run. He's been, his hasn't been getting a lot of his movies been landed on the wheel. Yeah. The last one was The Shape of Water, July 13th. Right. Then Roadhouse, which you were absent for. June, I know. I was June, infirmed with the 19th. June 15th. The Worst Person in the World, May 15th, May 18th. Mm. Predators, April 13th. Oh, my God. And I was like, it has to have been just before that. It's got put on the wheel. Ants, May, March 16th. <laughs> Gaia, February 23rd. Oh, my God. And ultimately, it was the 500 Days of Summer episode on February 9th, seven and a half months ago. <laughs> was, well, that was when Safe, when was, safe was put on the wheel. Wow. <laughs> seven months. Seven and a half months. And I have a clip. Okay, Tyler, do you have something to replace 500 days of sunner sunner what documentary does sabrina have to watch next week <laughs> yeah <laughs> how is, dare is, you <laughs> is this going to be a michael moore documentary this is a actually episode. um it's fahrenheit nine we haven't done a documentary I don't, can we do black, that blackfish i don't know I, sure I, sure why no, not no 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 we can't bowling for columbine 
Well, that is Fahrenheit nine one one. That is a good documentary. <laughs> um, but no, actually, uh, coincidentally, I'm putting uh, my streaming pick safe on my the wheel. Streaming pick. motherfucker. Oh, okay. I, I I don't know I don't know why that gets the groans and moans. We're gonna do your girlfriend's homework for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a really good movie. I am telling you. <laughs> nice, so, nice standby. That yeah. <laughs> so now it is. Here we are. Uh, almost a uh, almost Over half a year later. And uh, what was happening in our Earth on those days? Well, I'll tell you. Top headlines: February 9th of twenty twenty two. Moscow denies deal to de-escalate Macron who meets with Ukraine leaders. Uh, Russia and Ukraine weren't warring back then. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see here. CDC director says mask mandate guidelines unchanged as some states lift the mandates. Now I don't see a, a, a mask anywhere in sight nowadays, mm-hmm. except oh, yeah. for in the movie Safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Freedom Convoy. The Freedom Convoy in Canada driver snarled key U.S. border crossings. Oh, uh, yeah. Or what the hell? Remember what happened with that? I fizzled out. Yes, and uh, and the U.S. arrests couple for allegedly laundering Bitcoin from four point five billion dollar heist. All right, so this uh, so this pick uh, oh, the Winter the Olympics. Was... Oh yeah, the Winter Olympics were happening. <laughs> <laughs> Reagan was in office. Yeah, inflation was all time low. We saw the two towers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, it's, yeah, man, we're, it's really been on the wheel a long time. Yeah, it's been a. Uh, yeah, very long time. So uh, let me just uh, describe the storyline before we get into some initial thoughts. So Safe has been described as a horror movie of the soul, a description that t- director Todd Haynes relishes. California housewife Carol White seems to have it all in life. A wealthy husband, a beautiful house, servants, beauty, and a lot of friends. Servants. The only- <laughs> servants. Servants. <laughs> The only thing she lacks is a strong personality. Carol seems timid and empty during all of her interactions with the world around her. At the beginning of the film, one would consider her to be more safe in life than just about anyone. That Mm. doesn't turn out to be the case. Starting with headaches and leading to a grand mall seizure, Carol becomes more and more sick, claiming that she's become sensitive to the common toxins in today's world. Exhaust, fumes, aerosol spray, etc., she pulls back from the sexual advances of her husband and spends her nights alone by the TV or wandering around the house of her well-protected home like an animal in a cage. Her physician examines her and can find nothing wrong. An allergist finds that she has an allergic reaction to milk but explains that there is no treatment for that sort of allergy. She sees a psychiatrist who does nothing but make her nervous. In the hospital, Carol sees an infomercial for Renwood, a new age retreat for those who are quote-unquote environmentally ill. And leaves her husband and stepson to try and find salvation at this retreat, headed by a phony, grandstanding, sensitive individual named Peter Dunning. So, safe, Pete. What was your initial thoughts? This was your first viewing, I am assuming. Yeah, it was my first viewing. It's bit. It was on my like just watch list before you added it to our movie thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't remember where I heard it from. Some other movie podcast recommended it's, it. It's sure. a number 738 on the Criterion collection. Okay. In case you didn't know. I did not know. <laughs> I did not know that. So, um, you know, I worked a pretty long week this week. Um, I came home last night, put it on, put my headphones on, put it on my laptop, watched it on the couch because... It didn't seem like something that Brianna wanted to watch, and producer Justice was uninterested. Uh, so, I can't imagine Bri would even could sit through this movie at all. No, this would be yeah. This is like it's like um, just based on her own 
her personality. Yeah, no, no. I don't think she, this is for her. <laughs> this is like a hypochondria, the movie. Yeah. So um, I, watch, I watched it, put it on, put my headphones on. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a when I when I'm watching a movie with my headphones on, I'm almost always very very captivated and like focused on it because you pick yeah. up on little nuances and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It was probably 20 minutes before I was asleep. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> but that's no real. That is not a huge indicator for me yeah. personally. I'm a very sleepy type of person at the end of the day. Yeah, I fall asleep in movies a lot. But if it's worth it, I'll go back and I'll rewatch it again. Or if I'm assigned it on a movie podcast, which I'm uh, one of the co-hosts of, I go back and rewatch it. (laughs) And I remember as I was like drifting off into my unconscious state, I remember thinking, this is, it's getting better. It's getting, what, stay awake, Pete. And (laughs) the first like 10, 15 minutes of it was like, where's this going? Yeah. But as it settled in and you get into the psychosis of the main character, it was. It ended up being a, a pretty intense and pretty, um, pretty kind of scary movie. Yeah. Um, and it made me think a lot about the world that we live in and the crazy people in it, and how you don't necessarily need to be a nut to think that everything's poisoning you because there's a lot of weird shit going on in the world, and we're surrounding ourselves with unnatural things all the time. So mm-hmm. there are moments, like pieces of it, that I'm like, okay, I could see it, mm-hmm. but. Then you get into the the area where they get to where the retreat where they're in the retreat, and the, there's people like screaming because a car drives by. You're poisoning uh, this entire contaminating this entire atmosphere, and you're like, okay, they are nuts. Um, sadly and unfortunately, you know, not much to their chagrin, they they feel like they're being poisoned, and mm-hmm. I think that there's um, it's probably a large number of people in the world that feel in a, a kind of a similar way. Not right. necessarily about like environmental poisoning, but it's like something is stopping them from living their life. Right. And in, in Japan, there's a, a whole phrase for it, people that never leave their apartment and they get food delivered in, supplies delivered in, and they just never leave their apartment. Their people have been oh, yeah, I've heard of that before. living in their apartment for, you know, 17 years, never left. Yeah. And you don't even know what's happening out. I just think what, what was the world like 17 years ago? Jesus Christ, you know, two years ago totally different you know you don't mm-hmm. see all that stuff you don't experience it so i don't know i uh, i ended up enjoying this quite a bit for the like the the overall idea of it and julianne yeah. moore's performance mm-hmm. like she's one of the best she's one of the greats she's really really good oh yeah awesome I, but i also felt um also felt a little bit uh kind of sad about it you know oh yeah it's <laughs> not nice. about the subject matter yeah it's uh, kind of forced me to think about something i really didn't want to think about so. Oh yeah, I'm sure it did. Uh, Joseph, what was your initial thoughts on Safe? Um, I thought this was a very intriguing movie from the like from the beginning to the end because it's sort of like a mis- like some sort of mystery illness, like what's actually going on. Yeah, There's something uh, at play here, and then the question the people that are around her um, question their intentions. There's a lot of like theories that were bubbling up in my head. I was like, I was like, is this, is he, is, is the husband like sixth sensing her? Mm. Like, <laughs> the, most, the most dark and depressing part of the sixth sense is that's what, is that what's happening to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to Julianne Moore? Yeah. Um, um, and, um, but I also got, uh, when I was watching it in the style of the movie and directing in the, the directing of the movie, I was like, this is a very, this is like Lynch light. This is like, mm-hmm. this yeah. is like Burton esque. Mm. Um, it's very like early Burton, like 
Edward Scissorhands Burton. Um, yeah. In terms of like the characters and like the sets, the set design and stuff, there was a very colorful, uh, vibrant, um, and very eighties uh, furniture and yeah. decorations. Yeah. Um, I does I'm pretty sure the movie takes place in the eighties. It doesn't really it's, doesn't it, say it takes. Yeah, it does. It takes place in 1987. However, there's a bunch of 90s cars like in like the foreground and stuff. So yeah. That, so if you're a car guy like P, it might take you out of the movie a little bit. But yeah, if you're hung up on that, it didn't. It didn't that part didn't bother because it's like it's it's uh I guess uh, not super apparent of what year I guess it's, it's supposed to be like an era of the time in which it takes place because you can base yeah. it on the furniture and the clothes and like mm. the hair and shit. Um, and it also I thought it was kind of interesting because I also introduced the aspect of like oh the different fad diets that were developing yeah. in the 80s like the the nothing tastes as good as skinny feels mm-hmm. type of uh generation right mm-hmm. where it's like you have to go to exercise class you have to take you have to eat the fruit diet you have to you can't eat uh carbs because because yeah. nobody knew anything about anything back then um <laughs> and um, if you really get hungry just have a big old dr pepper yeah exactly <laughs> quench your thirst don't drink water. <laughs> drink body armor. Yeah. You, oh, how dare you? Yeah, yeah you. I drink plenty of water, friend. I had plenty of football coaches in my day. They were like, "Don't drink too much water. That's just weakness." Like, <laughs> okay. What? I don't want a headache later. <laughs> um, my body's made of it. And um, I thought Julianne Moore was like uh, carry, like pretty much carried the whole movie. I mean, we're oh, with yeah. her the entire time, and like there were certain scenes where it's just like, like she did a like a fucking great job where it's almost like there's no physical prompt for her performance like other than it's just her basically yeah. just her in a shot you know and she's sort of breaking down um she did a really really good job and i honestly did not expect this kind of movie based on what like back when you stream picked it and talked yeah, about it me neither i expected a homework assignment <laughs> i expected like a uh, aaron brockovich type of movie mm. oh okay. you know more of like yeah. a um, like a procedural sort of thing i didn't expect an allegory i guess yeah a, a, of a movie more of like uh, i didn't either that's why i chose it more <laughs> of just like a matter of fact type of movie but this was like i mean it's todd haynes who did i'm not there which is also a very interesting movie um right yeah it, bob dylan-esque <laughs> it, it's did Bob Dylan different like a, personalities. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like six different incarnation incarnations of Bob, Bob Dylan, Dylan or something like that. Kate yeah. Blanchett plays Bob Dylan in one. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was Tilda Swinton's or something. No, that's Kate Blanchett. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's a very interesting movie. And uh, obviously, this one came out way before that. Um, yeah. But yeah, ultimately, I did enjoy it. I feel like before I after the movie, like when the movie ended, I felt sort of unsatisfied, hmm. but. I felt like reading more into it. I, it wasn't. I didn't feel that way anymore. And um, once you once you sat and thought with it for a little bit, yeah, and like what it actually all meant. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, cool! So it looks like there's um, some positive uh, attitudes towards uh, my movie for once. Um, <laughs> so this was uh, like Joseph said. It was written and directed by Todd Haynes, who. Uh, did a numerous amount of movies, um, mostly like I would say, like kind of counterculture movies, um, in a, a sense. lot of music based movies, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, when I first watched this movie, I was like, I was, you know, do 
Sabrina was doing homework. She was like taking her notes on this movie for environmental. What was her ethic? It's environmental ethics study. So what was the assignment? Um, just it was basically just to review the movie and kind of uh, point out some of the more environmental things about the movie. I was watching it in a totally different lens. Well, yeah, um, you weren't in the class. <laughs> well, yeah, you weren't you about to get graded on it. <laughs> you got me there. Um, but after I watched the movie, I was like, I was like, dang, that's a pretty damn good movie. Mm-hmm. It catches you by surprise. If yeah. You didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys go in cold with this movie? Yeah, pretty or, much. Just, was, just what you've told us. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I, I did as well. And so this movie isn't streaming anywhere. Like you have to rent it, but I think it's worth the rent. Uh, it's just a really, really fantastic movie, and it's uh, it doesn't uh, linger in a lot of places either. That opening I, sex scene was a little long. Yeah. <laughs> she looked like she was having a great time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I like, how in the, I like how in the synopsis it says she turns away her husband's sexual advances, and when <laughs> the first time you see her having sex with him, she's just like. Just looking at her watch, like, can this be over now? That's yeah. So let's get into the movie. So that's what I was gonna comment on. Is right at the beginning of the movie with the lovemaking scene, like you can, like they have this like overhang shot of her face and the guy, you know, vigorously uh, making love on her, and she's just, <laughs> she's just kind of like that felt not- real. That felt- <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we've all been there, okay. She's like, I just got to concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit more louder than that, but um, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, I do not want to know. <laughs> I, do, I do not want to know. We got plenty of drops. I mean, she got something. I got, <laughs> oh, I have a, I have a metronome by my uh, nightstand too. So I'm just like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not playing the, the, the Reddit. Uh, but the lovely Sabrina is, is at the very end. Tyler's response is always this: "I'm sorry. Like I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm ashamed. I don't, I don't have that one. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah Tyler's I, like, did, did so... you did you come too? She's like, no, no shit. Are you serious? Oh come on! <laughs> oh, you're making me sweat here. Um, Time for the danger. sex. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Before we actually, I wanted to uh, say this before we actually got into the movie. That's my wife. (laughs) Well, hopefully someday. Uh, So uh, before um, I watched the movie, because as everyone knows, I watched the movie the morning of uh, recording a show. So it sticks with me more fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I went out into my fortress of solitude in the morning and I told Sabrina, ah, I'm going to go watch the movie. And she's like, well, what movie are you watching for there this week? And I was like, safe. And then she like gave me like this dumbfounded look. She's like, the, you safe? The, the movie that we watched for my class <laughs> in the beginning of the year? And I was like, yeah, I really liked it. And she was like, uh, okay. So does she like it? I don't know. I mean, like based on that response, I was like, I, I don't know if she liked it. I didn't, I didn't. Uh, well, lucky for you, you don't have for... to guess because we have another call-in guest. No, just kidding. Don't you dare! How dare you? Um, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. I wish I could have produced like that. She said, <laughs> "Well, she said that if she wasn't working, she would have called in today." But <laughs> unfortunately, she is working. Um, so, anyways, uh, so yeah, the beginning of the movie. 
uh, you kind of get the feeling that uh, uh, Julianne Moore's character, whose name is Carol, she is just like not really all there. Like when she's, you know, being penetrated, like she's like, <laughs> she's just kind of like staring off in the space. So romantic. Like, well, yeah, I mean, that's what it is, right? And she's kind of airheaded through the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, but it's because of like her infirmment. So, nah, so you, she, before she starts feeling that, you get the idea that she's just kind of floating through life. Yeah. Yeah. I can see this that is too. not the color of couch that we ordered. I think it wasn't supposed to be black. I think the problem with watching this movie a second time is like, I already know what's going to happen. So like when I'm watching it in the beginning, I'm like, oh, it's because like she's not feeling good. So I'm going to try to like pull back memories from when I first watched it. And so when I first watched it, I was thinking just like you guys said, like she's not not all there. She's not, like not really into like the affluent style. Maybe she's, she's having not, some sort of uh, like existential crisis in her life. I think she's very impressionable um, and very kind of just like kind of yeah, goes with the flow, I guess. And she's very soft spoken too, yeah. as you can see throughout the movie. And yeah, impressionable is a good uh, term because as you can see when they're in the, uh, in that cafe or sort of thing mm-hmm. and her friend Linda it suggests that they go on this fruit diet, which took out Steve Jobs. Um, <laughs> Ironic, he worked for it, Apple. Not, and not yeah. cancer. It wasn't that. Yeah, it wasn't that. Well, he had a very curable cancer, but he decided against any conventional conventional uh, medicine and went on the fruit diet. Well, and that's I would, what I would say the lack of treatment for, is what killed him rather than <laughs> eating fruit. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Tyler heard some, someone say that Steve Jobs was killed by the fruit diet and he hasn't eaten an apple or banana since. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> when's the last time an orange passed through your lips? Mm, probably about two weeks ago, maybe. Are you lying to me right now? No, I'm not look lying me, to look you. Look me in the eyes. When was the last time you ate a banana? Oh, a banana. Oh, that's no, that's a fr- that's probably like two months ago. I'm, I hate to derail this, but did you know that circus peanuts flavors are is technically banana? Ew. Circus peanuts, those disgusting clay abominations that, that are made by Satan. Banana flavor. That are somehow still being made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their official statement is that they're banana flavored. That should have been in safe too. That's a that's a crime against humanity. I know. <laughs> Anyways, um so yeah, so Ew. we go so we go throughout that so the first Sorry, I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like imagine imagine this. Someone puts candy corn inside a circus peanuts and you have to eat it. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't think of any more punishment uh, than that. Um, but uh, so I would say probably for like the first uh, like thirty-five to forty minutes, it just shows her going throughout her life. She's a homemaker. She doesn't have a job. She like kind of takes. Care. I mean, I, homemaker is really of a stress because she has uh, what's her name, uh, Favilvia or something, Flavia, Flavia, Flavita. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but she has her servant doing all of the cleaning and <laughs> servant. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a servant. <laughs> yeah, she's serving. <laughs> she's serving the household. That, that's what it is. What should I say? Housekeeper. Yes, her her living maid. I didn't housekeeper. know housekeeper. I didn't know a servant was such an offensive term. But um, so throughout, like probably like uh, so, this movie is about uh, an hour and forty minutes long. So. For about 45 minutes throughout the whole movie, like you see her day to day life and uh, she's obviously like breaking down. Um, You can tell that like her fatigue. And this is what I love about Julianne Moore's acting, too, is because 
she progressively gets more and more fatigued throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like she becomes more spacier because in the beginning of the movie, like she's like there, but not really. But you can tell like she's on like a mental decline. And then like by the end of the movie, she's just like gone. I liked I liked her um her moments of acting when nothing's happening, mm-hmm. but no. clearly she's not well. Yes. You know, yeah. there's um I think that's probably a sign of like a really accomplished actor or actress is when it's like, I want you to convey that you're just having a straight up bad time. I'm straight yeah. up not having a good so. time right now. <laughs> and it's like, there's the scene when there, she's at her friend's birthday party and the yeah. da- daughter, young daughter is sitting on uh, what's her character's name again? Carol, Carol, that bitch, Carol Baskin is sitting there with a, <laughs> a little girl on her lap. And she's like, uh, she's, hyperventilating or something and she's got this creepy grin on her face like she's trying to keep the oh at the party yeah she's trying to keep like her polite appearances the um she's trying to keep her cool one aspect of this movie before it's like like when before like up to that point like before it's kind of revealed that she's like actually might be sick with all when she goes to the retreat Mm -hmm. i feel like the whole movie could have been an allegory for like mental illness i i think the whole thing is still like i mean i guess you could take that from that, from this movie, you could take, you could interpret it that way. Like, mm. this is like, she just has severe anxiety. She's yeah. having a panic attack. She has mm. depression, right? And like, what she, what's happening at that party is that she's having like her first major panic attack. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I watched that scene with producer Justice and he's like, what's this movie about again? And I kind of told him she's sick, but she's not sure how she's sick. And then that scene happened and he goes, oh, she's just having a panic attack. And it's like anybody who's familiar with someone living with anxiety, like high anxiety, or has had panic attacks for essentially no reason, no real reason, mm-hmm. knows all the signs. And you look at it and you're like, yeah, there, she's having a breakdown right now. Yeah. And it's like the moment right after that, I was like, okay, well, it's all kind of psychological. Maybe there's something physical there. And then when she, she the next scene is the cleaners. She goes in with the, the main next main incident is the cleaner. She goes into there and they're spraying the laundry, the yeah. laundry mat. Yeah. Which, which I have a problem insane. with that. Insane. They're in there with their gas masks. And, and then the lady comes out with no mask on. Oh, they're just spraying. It's just like, lady, you should not be in here without a mask. What are you talking? What are you doing? It's like the Jesse, we have to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she immediately has this huge seizure, which is like, okay, well, maybe something is wrong with her. But you can have a, I mean, I'm, I don't think you need to have a chemical, chemical, like immediate reaction to cause something like that. Like it could yeah. still just be psychological at that moment. Yeah. You can't have like, a seizure from having a psychological problem though. Can you? I mean, I anxi- anxiety and stuff like that. I feel like can cause those types of symptoms and effects. I mean, I'm no doctor, but I, I feel like she went into a room full of poison and, <laughs> but like there, but, but then the, why didn't the, why didn't yeah, exactly. the laundry the, owner the have point, a seizure? The point that they're making there is that oh she's there, she's not having that. So uh-huh. obviously there's something different with her. Yeah, that's yeah. having an issue. Like she's not. Maybe she's overtly more allergic to those chemicals than the shop owner is. But in reality, it's like when what happens when you're having a panic attack is all these chemicals that are already in your body are just being elevated. Yeah. So you have all this like adrenaline shoots up and all these other chemicals that make you feel terrible or frightening or fearful or whatever. It's yeah. like. Your brain is firing in all cylinders. Well, where does the seizure come from? It comes from you. It comes from within. And you're in some part of your brain switches off and misfires or whatever. And all of a sudden, now you're having this seizure. So does she need to go off to this uh, retreat place? It sound, looks like it helped her. I mean, mm. I imagine that anxiety is like it's a snowball effect, right? Because mm-hmm. like you have anxiety about like 
like, oh, is this wrong? But now oh, am I just having anxiety about it? And then it just kind of snowballs yeah, and you just sort of hyper focus on like say you like have a pain in your side or something like that it's like oh my my appendix is bursting or well, maybe it's not really maybe i just have gas maybe, but maybe it is but then yeah. it's just sort hold of on like, let me check web md oh fuck <laughs> and I'm then about, it just gets, you are already dead and then it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like you have like this false sense of pain that you think you're feeling mm-hmm. but it's just the anxiety that is causing you to feel that way it's and a, it's exactly what happens with bug in the movie yeah. my, my streaming trick yeah. this week i watched that earlier in the week and then i watched uh safe uh last night and th- this morning and uh i was like man what a pairing of these two movies oh yeah it's like that's one way of a psychosis can can manifest itself and this Absolutely. is a completely different more realistic way of, of manifesting yeah. you know um, the, the first way is like how tweakers see yeah you have an itch on your arm you scratch it and you're like what is that and then you get you get yeah. under your skin and you look under there and you're like is that what I look like under there? Is that a bug in me? And then you yeah. just go spirals from there. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, here's a little bit of trivia regarding safe. So uh, the uh, inferment that she is uh, self-di- self-diagnosing herself with is called multiple chemical sensitivity. It's an unrecognized and controversial diagnosis characterized by chronic symptoms attributed to exposure to low levels of commonly used chemicals. Symptoms are typically vague and nonspecific. They may include fatigue, headaches, nausea, and dizziness. Although these symptoms can be debilitating, MCS is not recognized as an organic chemical-caused illness by the World Health Organization, American Medical Association, nor any of the... any of several other professional medical organizations blinded clinical trials show that people with mcs react as often and as strongly to placebos as they do chemical stimuli the existence and severity of symptoms is seemingly related to the perception that a chemical stimulus is present commonly attributed substances include scented products e.g perfumes pesticides plastics synthetic fabrics smoke petroleum products and paint fumes so there is a little bit of water to be held uh, with the whole hypochondriac uh theory well, that you guys thing. are it's presenting like, yeah, none, none of it is if it really was if it really was a specific chemical that was causing this or a generic idea of chemicals you it would be a very similar reaction every time that that happened right and i think uh in the movie they do present like uh So every time you like, okay, so for instance, in the scene where after she uh, rejects his sexual advances, the husband's sexual advances, the morning after he's, uh, he has an aerosol can like, you know, for his uh, deodorant deodorant, yeah, and, uh, and hairspray. And then she come and then he comes in and he was like, and she's like, please get away from me. And then the bug, the bug spray scene um what he, other she also rejects him when he visits her at the compound because of she his hugs cologne. him well he says he's not he, wearing cologne he says he's not wearing cologne so she's like it must be a cologne it's like maybe you just don't love your husband <laughs> maybe 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 that's the case you know but maybe you're yeah. just so paranoid and and high like and anxious that you just like think it's like anything that is will trigger your uh yeah. seizures or episodes or whatever have, but hey we've we've discussed this on on the air you know before but yeah. not this but what i'm about to say oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> you know there are triggers that can happen in your life and it's like you don't ha- necessarily even have to have a reason for it it's yeah. like if you could be making love with a woman 
of your choice and their choice. And all of a sudden, everything is going great. And then all of a sudden, that person is like, I'm not having a good time right now. Why? Is there anything that happened during that sexual escapade session that oh, caused yeah. her to go, you know, into a, like an emotional breakdown state? It's like, no, maybe there's a memory that was unlocked somewhere, something, and it has nothing to do with you or what's happening right now. But it's like, you just have to be like, okay, that's okay. No problem. Yeah. We'll stop. Um, mm-hmm. Are you okay? You know? And it's like, you don't need a reason to break down over something. There could be such a complex underlying idea yeah. that is poisoning your brain or giving you this like anxious state that um, you'll try to find a reason for it because that's what a rational person does. It's like, oh, it's your b- b- cologne or whatever. But at the end of the day, she's probably just really fucking anxious and really having a hard time with life and in the 1990s or late 80s or whatever it was, yeah. they didn't talk about that nearly as much. Yeah. No. Uh, um, I it's think- the chemicals. <clears throat> it has to be. It's the chemicals. Everywhere. The chemicals. Well, I chemicals mean... Are everywhere. <laughs> chemicals are everywhere. Chemicals are everywhere. Well, I mean, you know, it's the, that car that's causing me to do it. Well, I mean, like it's it, that body armor in my gut. <laughs> oh, God, stop. <laughs> it, it kind of harkens back to um, the AIDS epidemic. You know, like a lot of people didn't believe the people who were infected with AIDS that there was anything wrong with them. They didn't even know what AIDS or HIV was. And so it, from that perspective, I can see why there would be like support groups for people who think it's all in their head. And there was actually a really great exchange after uh, one of the support group meetings where the person was saying like, why would, why would I like fake this? Like, why would I fake being sick? And I really have to fault the husband um, because he was like, I, after he rejected uh, or after he was rejected for the first time, he was just like, no one has a goddamn headache every single day of the week. And I'm just like, your, your wife is hurting. You went to the doctor and she was ignored. Like if I, if that was me, like I'd be going to every specialist. Like I would be, it's easy going, for like, you to say that though. It's, it is hard. What do you mean? It's, yes, it is easy for me to say that because I would do that. It's, it's but that's easy to say that you would do that. Yeah. You'd like to think that we do that. Yeah. And maybe we hope that we would, I but would. We, we don't really, you don't know. I mean, I guess it's a it, it's hypothetical a, situation, but I mean, just it's. I have enough faith in myself to do that. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a, there's an allegory. My wife's body's hurting. There's an allegory Fix for this it. to grief, you know, as well, where it's like you don't necessarily like Brianna is de- dealing with a really strong grief right now. Her mother passed away recently, and she's she's like, I don't know how long this feeling is going to last. And it's like, is there a time limit for that? Is there a reason for this besides the obvious? And it's oh, like, I wish grief was linear. Yeah, and it's it's not. And uh, either is like psychological trauma or or uh, you know this uh, state of feeling unwell, you know, all the time. And it's like yeah. there are t- there are people documented cases that have nothing to do with what's what's the acronym they used? It's uh, oh, crap. environmental poisoning or whatever. Uh, it's uh, ECP, environmental uh, chemical multiple, poisoning. Multiple chemical sensitivity. Okay, well, whatever it is, that environmental poisoning, it's like, take that idea out of it. That's just, in my opinion, that's just what one person is projecting why they feel this way. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. it's anxiety. I'm anxious because this. Well, it ultimately would be denial, right? What do you mean? Because like, oh, like, I don't have anxiety. I have MCS. Sure, exactly. Yeah, you're you're substituting... One just the disorder idea for something else. Yeah, there's, well, why do you, why are you anxious? I don't know. There's no reason for it. Maybe it's not anxiety. Maybe it's this environmental poisoning. <laughs> so take that out of it though. 
I know there are people that go through trauma in their life and they're never the same after the fact. And they're always going to feel like a sick person or feel like a person who is less than enough or not well enough or is never going to be able to get back to their former self again because totally. their, their child died or something like that yeah. in a tragic accident. And I've known people in my real life that I know them before that happened and I knew them after that happened and they're not the same person. Yeah. Um, it's just a new normal for, for, for them. And for Julianne Moore's character in this situation, she's, it's not necessarily, she's a different person. She's just always feels like shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she, maybe she, and the other thing too is like, again, remove the environmental poisoning aspect out of it. If I was a very anxious person, it would feel great to unplug from my life, all my uh, requirements and duties that I have in life and all my um, commitments and mortgages and blah, 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 whatever mm-hmm. else people that are Your counting on me. multiple mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> people counting on, on me for whatever and just go off to some retreat like this and just hang out with a bunch of people and sing Kumbaya. Yeah. That yeah. might feel good at the end of the day. Yeah. I think um, ultimately the movie is like the parallel or the allegory is that it is AIDS. That is like the illusion that they make. Hmm. I feel like I think that is the connection there. They're, that's what they're trying to say is that like AIDS was such a, such a mystery mm. disease at the time um, that even people who probably were told they have AIDS, they would be like, I don't have AIDS. I have MCS. Or I, I, ah, I you gotcha. Know. Yeah. Um, but in that retreat, like segment, basically the third act in the movie, yeah. Um, there's that scene where it, it leads you to believe that it is AIDS because it has, it has a guy who was a drug addict, mm-hmm. right? And that was like uh, that is still obviously a known way to yeah. contract AIDS is needles via drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't like any like uh, I guess they, they would have to have like a, a gay person, mm-hmm. someone who's very promiscuous. Yeah, um, it was mainly, Magic it was, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Princess Die after she shook that guy's hand. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it was like ninety eight percent women too in that yeah. in that camp. Yeah, and um, so that's why I I would lean to the fact that it that it is AIDS, but I also believe that you could take whatever you want out of this movie in terms of like what is her I guess issue? Is it anxiety? Is it multiple chemical sensitivity? <laughs> is it AIDS? Is it any other illness that is like sort of just um, maybe it's all in your head? Maybe it's just a psychological thing. Um, yeah, I also don't want to discredit the fact that it's it could be a chemical sensitivity because that that does happen in in the yeah. in the line of work that i do collision repair we f- we use chemicals that contain this specific compound called isocyanate it's a, like a family of chemicals which are ultra poisonous yeah. and very very bad for you and um once you get so much once the chemical gets in your body it never leaves you can have yeah. your isocyanate level in your blood if you were to test your blood remains the same consistently throughout your life and as you if more goes in it gets bigger as you go on yeah, yeah. once you reach a certain saturation in your blood of isocyanates you you have this what they call iso poisoning which is a I, I, isocyanate desens or uh, sensitivity and if you are exposed to isocyanates at that point like if you if i were you and i all three of us were exposed to isocyanates now like someone spraying a catalyzed clear coat in the air you'd smell it it would go in your body, nothing would happen. You might get mm-hmm. a headache or whatever, and that's the next day, and that's it. But a person who has isocyanate sensitivity poisoning, um, they could die from that. Yeah. So once you reach that, if you're working the trade, 
if you become desensitized and you have ISO poisoning, you have to leave the trade. You can't even be in the shop. You can't work near the shop because yeah. anytime you're exposed to it, it could be your last day. And so right. some people deny that. Doctor tells them, well, you have ISO poisoning. You have to quit. And they'll deny that. And people will just end up dead in the paint shop. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Tragic. And it's real. That's a real thing. It's it's, But it's like a very specific compound. It's not like, I'm allergic to... I'm allergic to chemicals. Yeah. So that's a very broad term. <laughs> Can't like, be around chemicals. That was, I think that was I, the reason, one of the, one of the many reasons I like this movie is because I'm always flip flopping on my frustration level. Like I'm frustrated at Carol who Julianne Moore's character, because I'm just like, okay, come on. Like, you can't keep saying you're sensitive to chemicals and then, you know, get an oxygen tank because you can't breathe or whatever. I think that's a little bit of overkill, but then on the flip side, though, it's like, well, why isn't anyone like taking her seriously? Like, I mean, they're taking her seriously enough because she has, she is definitely doesn't look well, is feeling unwell. Once that seizure hits, I started taking her a lot more seriously. Right. Yeah. Same here. And so I was, but like when she goes to that retreat though, like I kind of, that me taking her seriously started to fade a little bit because I was like, I mean, obviously I understand the desperation that she has, you know, she's in the hospital, like these doctors aren't taking her seriously. She's doing it. Presumably what I would assume is they're doing every test that they can to make sure that she is in fact healthy. And then she goes to this like new age retreat, which already seems really scammy. Mm. And I get that, you know, if she was just afflicted with uh, anxiety that, going onto a in onto a retreat like this, you know, like getting out into the wilderness, disconnecting from society essentially would help her. <clears throat> but at the same time, like she's not I feel like she's not the the one scene and it's the very last scene of the movie is when she it starts going on this like healing sort yeah. of path when she keeps saying I love you into the mirror, which it was a little creepy, but like I applaud her for that because like it's like baby steps into her accepting like this is like you said before, this is the new normal. And so for her to live with herself instead of this constant fear of like uh, being in danger. I, I looked at it as a slightly very similar to that, but a slight twist. The guy that runs the camp can be construed as like a charlatan. He's taking advantage of these people that feel sick. Oh, he definitely is. You can think of it that way, right? And say, oh yeah, it's uh, it's the chemicals and yeah, we're going to keep you away from it and blah, blah, blah. But he never really talks about how you can avoid chemicals in your real life during his weird like um, kumbaya sessions. Yeah. He just talks about accepting, loving and accepting yourself. So maybe he knows that it's oh. just this high anxiety that these people are experiencing. Yeah, He feeds into their delusions that there is a multiple chemicals poisoning syndrome that's pervading our society Mm -hmm. and he talks enough about that but really just takes them out of the environment so they can be calm and then teach them how to love themselves and maybe have a less stressful life so that they can when they go reintroduce back into society they are not going to have those panic attacks they're having before i assume that the igloo is a kill chamber (laughs) (laughs) yes Yes, that one, the guy that dressed like the gimp from Pulp Fiction, but without leather that was walking around. Uh, yeah, he was. They just put him in yeah, there, and put him out of his misery. <laughs> yeah, they never. We never. We never got a, an answer, or like a real clarification on the guy walking around on the outside. 
he they said he's just very uh just he's just very sick. No, yeah. he's, he's scared, he said. Yeah, he's very he's scared. afraid. Yeah, there was a bunch of shots of, of him just in the distance, just walking around. <laughs> yeah, just in the foreground, af- afraid limping to, along. Afraid to talk, afraid to breathe, afraid to eat. I do want to yeah. clarify something, Tyler. You did say foreground twice now. Foreground is what's near the camera. Oh, sorry. Background what's that? Far away. Oh, back, it's background. Back, back, background, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Learn something new every day. Yeah, I guess I, um, So, like, for example, Tyler, this okay. Sriracha mug is in the foreground. Pete is the ground in the middle. He's the middle ground. And then the background is the closet. Okay, I get it. I get it. You've already made yourself clear. You don't have to make me feel like an idiot on internet TV any more than I already do. If that's how you want to perceive it, then that's up to you. Perceive it. Okay. I think I'm going to go on a retreat. um, I thought that the whole retreat thing was like, I thought there was something more devious at play with the Dunning guy. I thought it was like, gonna be a little bit more culty or creepy i mean he was like he was towing that creep line pretty hard i think i think they played the part well because there were times when i was like where is he going with this and then other times you just get to that he just seems like a dork that's trying to help people i mean like when he was when they're outside and sitting like six feet apart covid uh, guidelines like Mm. (laughs) talking Mm. to each other like i don't his performance there was like it was really it was really good. I don't know. He just like was very just like like very straight, very just like matter of fact, and like the way he just I don't know who the actor is. He looks very familiar, but uh, he looked like a uh, Ted Benicky from <laughs> Breaking Bad. I looked it up, but he isn't. I don't think. Um, oh no no no! I'm thinking about the husband. Anyway, oh sorry, yeah. I didn't mean. That. Uh, but um, but yeah, that that scene right there where he's like he's like, why did you get sick? It's almost like when he's asking that, it's almost it sounds like condescending. Yeah, like why did you get sick? That's that's where I I started feeling that he knew this whole their all their psychosis was bullshit. Yeah, because it you're not he's not asking like he's not asking what are you allergic to? What chemical are you most sensitive to? He's uh-huh. just saying why are you sick? How did you get there? And almost forcing them to unpack their yeah. own trauma. Yeah. or whatever. only we can make ourselves sick. But it's, I mean, it doesn't get what he's saying. It doesn't go without saying like you know we have a big problem with environmental chemicals in our uh, society like you can look at uh, Flint Michigan for example with their water that that was contaminated and a lot of people got sick Jackson um, Jackson right now Jackson Mississippi right now what's that Oh their their water it's a, is it's a state they're, they're, Oh Mississippi yeah Jack- you know, I've heard that word before. <laughs> is it curious. Jackson, Mississippi? It's, it's a Jackson it. somewhere. Basically, like their water is like fucked. Yeah, that city's the city's water is fucked, and the governor's not doing anything about it. And that sucks. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's plenty of examples. I mean, Tyler's people, shoveling chemicals into his gullet right now, uh, right into his fucking head. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying all chemicals are good. <laughs> Don't you dare! What's on this thing here? It's electrolytes. <laughs> it's good for the plants. This is what Tyler is addicted to currently. <laughs> I'm not addicted to body it. armor. Let's see if I'm holding up to the ooh, ten percent coconut water. Yeah. It says no colors from artificial sources. What does that mean to you, Tyler? No colors. I, I don't know. You know they, why they put that bullshit on the top? Because they're trying to like trick you into thinking it's natural. No I don't colors. Think... No, not talking to you specifically, but people. Yeah. When they're like 10% from fruit or, you know, all natural fruit juice on the front label. And it look on the back, it says 10% natural fruit juice. Yeah. Okay. All right. We, we don't need to uh, <laughs> get, get more into body armor, but cyanocobalamin. Oh my God. You're dying. You're dying already, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I already have half of my foot in the grave. Um, but I think it does what this, 
besides the hypochondriac uh, aspect to this movie, I think it does bring up a good um, discussion about uh, our use of unsafe chemicals in society because we don't know if she was afflicted by a certain chemical. Maybe there was, I mean, we used to put lead in gasoline for the longest time until that paint. Yeah. So delicious paint. So, I mean, like there's plenty of examples of people being afflicted by chemicals and like doctors being like, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. So like, that's kind of like what I got from it too, is like, it it was a bit ambiguous because like maybe she was afflicted by a certain chemical, although it kind of really wasn't because it was like, oh, the aerosol stuff and then, oh, the bug spray. Like, it was and then all when she gets close to that car that's near the encampment, mm-hmm. that sets off her triggers hers again, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I can, so, like, I think I'm leaning more towards, like, she has anxiety because of the monotony of her life rather than her having, like, an actual affliction from a certain chemical. But it is a, it, it, it goes without saying to, not recognize that there is like environmental atrocities happening especially in our we're not in the garden of eden yeah we're surrounded by we're shoveling chemicals into our mouth every time we eat food unless we're growing it in our garden ourselves yeah i mean like it's just really anything even if you put foods in like plastic bags or something you know it's like i mean brianna Brianna doesn't let me microwave food in in a plastic tupperware she's like glass only Mm. and i'm like i'm like I got a dirty another p- p- d- dish. So this I is don't my good get Pyrex, cancer. babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, if it was Pyrex, I could I could, I could microwave in it because Pyrex is glass. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention two things. First one, being quick, very quickly, uh, I did not expect to see Crazy Joe Davola in this movie. Who's that? He's uh, from Seinfeld. He plays the um, <laughs> he plays the allergy doctor who's injecting her with those. The, the oh yeah, 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 yeah! yeah. Jacks her with milk. Crazy Joe Devola, he is crazy. Um, and uh, the are second, you sure you're an allergist? The second thing I want to mention was like the production of the whole movie was. I was like, just gonna say, like the set design, production design, the acting, the wardrobe, um, and the cinematography was was really really good in terms of like the f- framing of. A lot of shots. Mm. Like the shot composition in this movie was really good. It was restrained and but still very solid. Yeah, it felt like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, um, especially with the opening sex one shot sex scene. Mm. Um, And it had very PTA type feels in certain parts in terms of like the how the story carries itself. Mm. It's just kind of like weird throughout the whole movie. Yeah, just kind of goes. And Julianne Moore is in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Is this a sequel to uh, Magnolia?" Especially like when she's like the whole couch thing when she goes to the department store and like is talking. It felt very like PTA directing style, like the scene from Punch Drunk Love when he goes to the mattress store. Yeah, yeah, yeah it felt very just in cinematography and like directing. It felt PTA esque, Lynch esque, and Burton esque in terms of like how it looked. Yeah, remove the plot and remove all this talk we've had about the psychosis and anxiety and all that other stuff it was it's just a good movie yeah so i mean i don't good job tyler oh thank you very much i mean sabrina thanks sabrina thanks sabrina Sabrina, if you're out there listening which i know you're not thank you so much (laughs) well i'll pass uh i'll pass the appreciation along to her uh, later tonight um so anyway so uh that's safe Uh, if you guys don't have anything more to say about it no i'm good then uh let's get to the wheel of destiny wait we gotta grade it 
Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, got, I got so caught up into this uh, I'm really not gonna, great discussion. I'm not going to disparage you because it's been a while since you hosted mm-hmm. an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I apologize. Uh, let's grade this. Uh, Pete, what do you give uh, safe? Um, I think I'm going to lay uh, somewhere around like a, like a B plus for, the, for safe. All right. Production's good. Acting is fantastic. Second to none. Very good. Julianne Moore, it's hard to go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but even the people around her, I think, did, did their part just right. Yeah. And um, it left me guessing it made me think i feel like the message is probably once you extrapolate it like joseph was saying you sit back and think about it a little bit um i think there's a lot to you can glean from that yeah and totally. may, maybe feel a little sympathy from certain people in your life that you don't quite understand so um yeah b plus pretty good all right on uh joseph what do you uh, give safe um i think i'm in the a a minus a minus range. I think it was it was it was pretty good. It was surprisingly good. I think nice. I did not expect it to be like like this. Yeah. I expected it. I guess like I said, a homework assignment. Like I expected it to be a lot of like political or legal like suing stuff going yeah. on, like taking on big corporations. Like they're they're poisoning our food and water and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like dark waters. Yeah, and which same director? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I meant I meant to do that at the top of the show, but. Yeah, which is also a movie I saw based on Sabrina. Now that movie (laughs) looks more like like that, like the homework assignment. It is. Um, (laughs) It for sure is. um, But uh, yeah, there was nothing really I could negative I could say about it. Um, I um, I even think like the husband at the in the beginning was sort of unlikable, but I I, he ended up being like really supportive. I kind of was expecting him to be like cheat on her. Yeah, yeah, turn into a monster, and he went along with it but yeah he yeah. was like he was like as like supportive as possible even it's, though he's like a rich usually his type of person in a movie rich always working businessman they're like and like just like the first scene the opening sex scene he's obviously very uh selfish a selfish lover um <laughs> are we all and um so you it, it kind of paints that picture of him but then he ends up being you know kind of redeems himself in terms of like oh yeah well, i'll take you to renwood i'll do all this stuff for you i think that uh to uh that's he's a very realistic portrayal of someone who's dealing with a partner in your life it's like it's, there's times when you're going to be very frustrated about it like jesus christ can't we just have a normal day and then there's times when you're like ultimately i'm here to support you it is very frustrating sometimes if it's like yeah what is wrong with you please you know i want to help but i can't blah blah blah, whatever yeah yeah but uh yeah i i enjoyed myself quite a bit awesome uh yeah i would have to give i would piggyback on that and uh give an a minus as well uh after the second time knowing what's gonna happen i think it, it it gives you a little bit better perspective because i was really blindsided by this when i first watched this movie i didn't know what to think like i enjoyed it but i was like oh my god like there's so many thoughts swirling in my head and usually only a couple of thoughts at, at a time but um <laughs> uh yeah it was it was really surprisingly good and i'm really glad to watch it and it's actually it's a really highly regarded movie um that I, I learned when I was doing research on it uh, this morning. So it's, uh, yeah, safe is good. Um, I don't think this is a movie that I'll watch anytime soon, but I would not mind watching it again. And actually, I kind of want to watch it like, you know, like at the Crest Theater or something like that. That would be a pretty good experience. I have not much of a 
not much of a desire to do uh, watch this again. Mm, yeah, well, <laughs> that's okay. It seems pretty stress. It was pretty stressful. Yeah, at the, at the end yeah, of the day, it really is. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so we now we have our grades locked in: B plus, two A minuses. Let's get to the wheel of destiny. One wheel, eight slots, three hosts. This is the wheel of destiny. Okay, everybody, safe is off the wheel after almost eight months. I know. <laughs> that must be our longest uh, movie that's been on the wheel for... Uh, for now for, it is, forever. for sure. I don't know if it's like of all time ever, but mm. possibly. So I hope you have something good lined oh, up. Oh, yes, I do. So speaking of Julianne Moore and Paul Tom- Thomas Anderson, uh, my replacement for The Wheel of Destiny is Boogie Nights. Oh, cool. Um, I The reason why I'm picking it is because I've heard a really good i've heard a lot of really good things about this movie and i just i've never really checked it out oh, but um i've seen it pete a couple times yeah. i've seen it yeah yeah so this is gonna so i was going to watch it but then i figured you know what let's just save it for the wheel oh baby so uh yeah <laughs> i can't wait for that movie to land because i've been a, a lot of people have recommended it to me so I can't wait to watch it. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. There's so many uh, fantastic scenes in it that are like, um, God, just so tense. So P.T. Anderson. Yeah. And this was second. This is a second feature. It was uh, Heart 8, then Magnolia, then Boogie Nights or Heart 8, Boogie Nights, Magnolia. Second or third, something like that. Mm. Pretty early on. Okay, cool. So, let's recap the wheel. Streamers that are still catching us out there, we have eight slots on the wheel, three hosts, as the theme song says. And we're going to spin to see what we have next week. I'm going to recap the wheel. Terminator 2, Judgment Day from Pete. A fan pick. Before Sunrise from Joseph, which will be the first of the trilogy. Another fan pick. If Beale Street Could Talk from Joseph. Predator, the original from Tyler. Gerald's Game from Pete. And the newly added Boogie Nights. So, let's give this a spin. Uh, Live on camera. If Beale Street could talk. Oh, okay. okay. I don't don't know anything about this. This is a Barry Jenkins movie. Directed Moonlight. Oh, nice. Director of Moonlight. I really enjoyed Moonlight. That was such a good movie. What What else has he directed? Moonlight. That's it? <laughs> no, besides that, um, what else? Uh, I mean, Moonlight is the biggest one. Uh, I guess Moonlight. If Bill Street could talk, the Underground Railroad, the Underground Railroad, never, rarely, sometimes, always. That's the one. Medicine for melancholy. He's directing the Mufasa, the Lion King movie. What? Um, but yeah, so if Bill Street could talk is streaming on Netflix. It's exactly two hours and zero minutes. Um, wow, that's weird. This stars Kiki Lane, Stephen James, Regina King, uh, Tiana Paris, Coleman Domingo. Oh, there I am. <laughs> um, basically, the synopsis quickly on, uh, what is this, Just Watch? Uh, after her fiancé is falsely imprisoned, a pregnant African-American woman sets out to clear his name and prove his innocence. Hmm. So it's a very one-line uh, synopsis there. Most, yeah. most of those movies that he made sound very depressing. Yeah, well, we watched Moonlight, and that was sad. Yeah, that was uh, absolutely sad. 
Cool. All right. So anything else, fellas? Uh, I think that's it. Oh, I wanted to say I, I meant to, I had a joke set up for Julianne Moore in Safe. I was going to say uh, <laughs> starring Julianne Moore, most notably known from uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park, but that's kind of too late now. So Way to nail it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you said it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we're good. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, now we're good. Now, now. we're good. How to get I that one it. in there? I had to get it out that of my was, system. Uh, perfect. <laughs> I okay. thought about it the whole night. <laughs> okay, so until next time, thank you, Twitch streamers, for watching us live. We do this every fourth Saturday through Stab Comedy. Thank you so much, Jesse, for hosting us. Catch us next month on our fourth Saturday, and we will try to promote it on the facebook page yeah probably not though um yeah check us our, our socials for facebook and our email in the show notes and get some merch down there in the show notes uh follow us on twitter at podcast mcfc and on tiktok at middle class film class and follow us on instagram at middle class film class and leave us a voicemail why don't you at 209-730-6010 all right see you next time see ya yeah uh, one